The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before give? a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from the Welcome to the Voices of Search Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Jordan Cooney. Hello, SEOs. My name is Jordan Cooney from Previsible. And this week, we're going to discuss adapting to Google search changes for effective lead generation. Joining me is Prashana Dungal, who is the co-founder and managing partner at Grow by Data. He provides cross-channel marketing intelligence to agencies and brands, offering fresh ideas to win new business, create new winning strategies, and reduce costs. With a team of over 100 members, they focus on consistently delivering high-quality, actionable data to their customers. And today, Prashant and I are going to be discussing Google search changes impact on brand lead flow. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Okay, here's my conversation with Prashana, the co-founder, managing partner at Grow by Data. Prashana, welcome to the Voices Search Podcast. Thank you so much, Jordan, for the opportunity to share my insights. And I look forward to the conversation. You know, it's a very... Interesting topic for the times, you know, something that's top of mind for many source market. And I hope this is helpful. Absolutely. And there's constantly a lot of search changes. In fact, I think one of the big misnomers for most SEOs is that there are more SERP changes that occur in any given year than major Google updates, right? Google's constantly fluctuating the SERP, changing where ads are, introducing local elements, it is probably the most dynamic and most levered 
element that changes the way that they lay out the entire SERP and with, with, with good reason, right? It, it's about user engagement. So tell me a little bit more about what you mean with respect to these SERP changes and brand lead flow. Sure. So Jordan, to your point, we hear a lot about major changes that Google makes, but to your point, Google's always testing. It's wanting to give users like us, you know, what we are seeking for, right? And then it's having data on what people are liking, where they're bouncing and so on. And it's always making changes. You know, it's not just, I don't think it's just on a site's rank. It's more the SERP. For example, you know, by different mobile or desktop, by different geographies, we see Google making changes. You know, it could be a new change that's introduced in the UK. And after some positive feedback, you know, it might be rolled out slowly in the US. That's like how I've seen changes be made. But to your point, like it could just be in retail, you're seeing shopping ads on the top. Sometimes Google's showing five, sometimes it's showing six, sometimes it's showing on the right-hand side. Come holiday season, you know, it begins to show you like shipping, you know, or promotions. It's showing you that, you know, like we are all looking for deals. You know, if the market is tough like now or come holidays, you know, we're trying to get a deal. And it's testing all these things. What I noticed was at the beginning of the pandemic, website pickup was something I hadn't seen on Google, or maybe I wasn't noticing it as much. Whereas right at the start of the pandemic, we began to see uh, store pickup and some of these local inventory ad tags show up. So it's, it's making a lot of these changes, whether it be on retail, you know, like over the last year plus, we have heard that Google's, or we've seen Google be very visual specifically. You know, you're seeing a lot more images, right? You know, and then your classic blue links, we're seeing them get dropped lower on the page. It's like, with the talk of generative AI, the question is, we've seen people also ask, really rise to the top, you know, and teacher snippet. And so it's all of these things. And so why this is impactful from a brand lead flow standpoint is imagine you are Bank of America or you are a local bank in Boston, right? Then I might be searching. People might be searching for open a bank account DRB. And if you're relying on your classic organic blue links, or you are relying on text ads only, imagine like there's a news that comes up in which there's all these banking things that were happening two months ago. And at the top of the page, it could be news or something about ratings about banks. And if your site, if your uh, bank doesn't appear, then your clicks could drop dramatically. And so what we've noticed is, and we've heard this from our clients as well, clicks suddenly drop. You know, lead, leads drop and you don't know the why. And the why we've learned have been from two elements. One, it's competition. Competition made some changes without SERP changes or in many cases, to your point, Jordan, you know, Google's making changes and it suddenly surfaces videos because we like to watch videos and Bank of America's videos doesn't show up. And so, you know, it, it has an impact. So yes, you know, it's all of these things that are really impacting a brand's lead flow. And with respect to kind of the evolving nature of all these verticals, I think that's one of the hardest parts is that travel, e-commerce, healthcare, banking, finance, they, they're all kind of their unique ecosystems and Google's treating them as such too in the, in the SERP. How do you think about the evolution of data to be a useful at a verticalized level? 
So when you say data, you mean like sort data, competitive data, or uh, you know other types of data? All the above. And to be honest, I think <laughs> I think that's where it gets really interesting, right? Because the SERP data, to some extent, is the backbone. Competitive data starts to help you understand how to evolve and invest and grow. And then other could be everything from revenue to impact and, and so forth. Yeah, I, I think you know as we think about changes, right? Whether it be changes in the search engines, changes in competition, changes in budget. You know, we've heard cutbacks across different sectors, changes to the competitive landscape. You know, with talk about banking, right? You know, you, you're beginning to see some amount of consolidation in certain types of banks, right? What that is really doing is, you know, if I am a brand that's operating in the space, then one of the other problems that I really heard, and Jordan, you might have a point of view on this as well, and, and colleagues here, you know, listeners might have a point of view. We've actually heard that you are, in fact, getting less and less data. Previously, you know, uh, the results you are getting from Google were could give you lots of granularity, and these days you do not have that. And you're, in fact, being asked to rely on the algorithms to do their job well. There's pros and cons to that, but coming back to the importance of data, I think in this era where we're being pushed to use more automation, you know, in this era where we're being asked to do a lot, you know, with limited resources, having access to, I call it unbiased, statistically significant data is very important. And what does that mean, right? Unbiased means you are looking at sort data, you're looking at what competitors are doing, you're looking at like market data, you're looking at signals that are coming from Google and other search engines. And you are you are making a decision, you know, going sometimes going back to first principles. You are making a point of view. You know, yes, you are relying on what the industry is saying. You are relying on you are listening to experts as well. But I think it's also important for you to maintain your differentiation and really continue to drive lead flow and your brand. I do think using performance data, competitive data, market data, and so on. In fact, in some cases, like even like M&A type data in the banking world, right? If you're going through, using all of these to come up with a hypothesis, test your hypothesis, use data to adjust your hypothesis will be increasingly important. Like, I'm curious, like, what do you think, Jordan? Is, isn't like, I would love a debate, you know, on this topic, but that's where I, my mind is at. Yeah, I actually think that the verticalization conversation is a tricky one because the more Google adapts the SERPs to specific expectations that users have, the more uh, marketers, business owners, engineers need to be mindful of the data that's relevant to that. I like to use the example of travel often here, which is in travel, the Google SERP has a flight finder, a hotel finder. It has local packs. It has ads in more subjective type queries. You'll find people also ask. You'll find answer boxes. It's a very convoluted mess of different experiences. And the age old question comes up, well, which one's the most important? And that's a hard one to answer because there's very limited verticalized data today to help marketers, help engineers, business owners make good decisions there. So I I actually think that we're going to be on the precipice of getting some of that data, partly because AI is going to make it easier to sift and manage through the data because that 
data mapping is a really challenging problem when you verticalize things. And then also, I think that as businesses evolve, they're going to realize that verticalized search not only happens on the SERP, but it's also going to start to evolve into other places where consumers are searching. So now we're thinking way down the line, three, five years from now, right? That suddenly travel search is really relevant in quite possibly in certain venues or places where people are very mindful of of travel events or wanting to go places, right? Or even better yet, like commerce and shopping experiences become highly verticalized to certain types of devices in your house. So I may do my grocery shopping from my refrigerator very soon, as an example. Anyway, long story short, because that went down really down a rabbit hole there, which is great. And I think it gets our listeners thinking a lot about the challenge here. The ability to collect and aggregate that kind of data at a verticalized level is very important. I think that that is a key foundation to the future of success in search, both paid and organic for that matter. Yeah, yeah. And you're right. I think having access to data by vertical, by geography, and really making sure that your models and your decisions are aligned with that vertical. So to your point, like we were looking at a retail client this morning and, you know, we were beginning to see like buying guides pop up on the SARP. I hadn't really seen that. And so it might really be that I might have not looked deeply or it might just be something new. And so if that really becomes important, then how do you make sure as an SEO professional, you begin to have those types of buying guides, make it available. Could be a decision you make, whereas, you know, in the finance world, you might really begin to think about credit ratings and some of those things as they become relevant. So I think having data, you know, like holistic data at a vertical level and then understanding what SARP is visible and important for that vertical, as you noted in travel, you know, or it could be in banking and retail and personalizing the experience and always staying on top is what I think will be even more important in the days ahead. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help. And you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Yep. So as you think about the SERP and how it changes, I'd love to hear from you, like not only how maybe Grow by Data helps businesses and clients manage this kind of thinking, but I'd also like to connect this to 
a really important topic that comes up a lot, which is when it comes to branded search, what's the best strategy? Is it paid or is it organic? And how do you think about the brand in those two very critical Google SERP experiences? Right. So your question is, how do you think about paid versus organic? And specifically... On brand. Yeah, on brand. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. On brand search. Yeah. Yeah. So what we have seen our clients do is we work across verticals, across retailers, you know, brands, on e-commerce and other spaces. And then this is a question top of mind, right? So, you know, you begin to, we have heard, you know, the importance of dominating SARP, especially on branded source. You know, you might be Bank of America, you know, and then you want to appear on all the visible SARP components, right? So you're, you're classic organic, you know, you want to be on local listings, people also ask, you know, and so on, you know, and you might even want to appear on videos. But then the other thing is with respect to paid, it's also important to be aware of what's visible. So we've seen competitor brands appear through, so, you know, you might see a local bank show up branded Bank of America term. And if you're not aware of that and having a strategy around that, you might begin to lose lead flow. I mean, that could be one, right? And so you might be monitoring brand plus terms, right? So, you know, you might be like Bank of America loans, and so you might begin to see, you want to have great content, you know, so a very strong organic presence when someone searches for Bank of America loans, you want to make sure that the reviews are, are strong, you know, you want to be surfacing because, you know, like as shoppers, that's what we like to do. You want to make it easy for someone to have access to the Bank of America properties, you know, and then in parallel, you also want to understand like, what are our competitors appearing? aggregator sites appearing on that search and how are they portraying your brand? And if you do not have a strategy of staying on top and protecting your turf, then you can have a bad experience. Like you could lose lead flow, but then even if you don't lose, lose lead flow, in fact, what could happen is, you know, someone could find your property, but may just leave because it doesn't portray the best experience. So I, I mean, I've seen all of these really come into the picture when clients talk about branded search. And specifically in retail, we've seen is like on the shopping ads, you have a variety of problems that come into play. You might have a saturation. You might really be showing just your ads and you might be over-investing you know, on branded search. And we've actually had some clients who actually have, slow, have trimmed that spend and reallocated it at these times. So you might be over-indexed on branded paid ads. And so if you, I'm not saying get rid of it altogether, but if you slow down, we've seen clients reallocate those into other areas, which are potential that they haven't been able to allocate and really maximize. So that's a strategy that we've seen. Or, you know, you might actually begin to see, you might even want to understand on the topic of branded search, you know, you might want to understand how competitors are doing that. You know, are there tactics that they're using? And say like a loan, right? You know, is there a certain offer that they're making that you're not, right? Maybe, you know, like, you know, here's a classic one, open a bank account. Maybe you get a thousand dollars off, you know, for opening a bank account. And is that what's driving more clients? Because, you know, when you search for a bank, I could search for Bank of America, I could search for Wells Fargo, right? <laughs> I may not be married to like just going to Bank of America. And so, A, you know, you want to really 
portray a strong image when someone searches. And in parallel, you want to appear strong versus, you know, top competitors. That's how I've seen like brands really navigate the brand brand term space. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I really find the, that this topic is just so challenging for so many brands that they're that there are so many different use cases and attribution applications to this. And, you know, for our conversation, we're really talking about how to generate leads to some extent and what that lead lead attribution might be for, for brands. And I'd be curious to get your uh, take on why leads are specifically unique in the Google SERP landscape, how the efforts of generating leads uh, for a business and the needs that are required to do that really well would be interesting to kind of get your take just on that specific kind of focus on that B2B often, not always, but often nature of generating leads. I see. So your question is you are in insurance, right? And so how do you use the Google, the offerings of Google to maximize the amount of leads you're getting for insurance, right? You know, is, is that the question? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what I've seen clients do is one, they are really tracking, really understanding what Google's offering, all of the changes that Google's making, what it's showing above the fold, the properties, because that's really dynamic, what it's showing on mobile versus desktop. And I've seen brands really optimize, you know, their content, their images, you know, their Google My Business and other listings to appear strong. That's one attribute, and that's really evolving a lot. So they are tracking SERP and then making sure that they are visible there. The second thing I've seen them do is they are like, you know, if you are, I've seen businesses also use text ads a lot. And text ads has had mixed impact because Google's, I'm seeing them test. Sometimes it's at the top, sometimes, you know, it's even towards the bottom. But that's it. You know, I have seen text ads be used. The third thing that I've seen brands do is they're also monitoring sometimes competitors trying to eat their turf, make having a strategy around that. The fourth is trademark, trademark violations, affiliates that are trying to steal traffic. So you might have an affiliate agreement. And, you know, we've seen cases where it might be an unauthorized affiliate that's appearing on top. You might have an authorized affiliate that's violating the affiliate rules. It might be appearing number one when it should, your brand should be number one. So we've seen brands really monitor that and police that with Google. The other use case could be you might have a very, a brand that's completely unauthorized that really appears, that replicates a affiliate a partner of yours and steal traffic. And so... And these are all problems that we've noticed on the text ad space. So a very sharp brand or an agency that's doing this for you is really, again, stepping back from an SEO standpoint. They're making sure that you have a strong presence on all the SARP components that are visible. They're doing that. And in parallel, they are monitoring a lot of the text ads you know, and the problems that has, has arisen there. Yeah, no doubt. I think there's so much that we can learn from different channels, whether it be paid or otherwise. And just the whole lead funnel is something that I think many of us are still 
unpacking the connections between awareness, connections between how our blog or editorial content, and then how that just impacts all the other aspects of someone who might just end up on your pricing page or might end up on your your, your sign-up page. And, and there's just so much more to, to unpack there. Yeah. One topic which is really relevant for the Times is we were just having a conversation a few hours ago about how is generative AI, right, and uh, chat really going to impact. So imagine, right, you know, so, so the question was, okay, if you have a chat and you ask a question about open a bank account, right, today, you want your domain to be visible, right? And if, even if it's not visible, you might use ads. But then tomorrow, what are the properties that are going to be visible on chat, right? You know, and how is that CTRs going to change, right? So going back to leads, you know, you have various listings on the page, you know, and and I think specifically on non-branded search, you are you may be relying on people also ask popular products on retail, your classic organic blue links, and so on. But then tomorrow, if the number of listings that are visible on chat, it will, it may go down. And so the, the, the debate we are having is that's a really valuable real estate, but would we like to go down and browse below chat? And is the experience and, and what's visible there going to be even more important short-term? You know, because, you know, the question could be, you know, chat is going to appear, the results may not be exactly accurate. And we might go back to our old ways and go down and browse. And so is appearing strong on other properties also going to be important midterm? So I think these are all questions that I think many people are thinking about. But stepping back, you know, like really keeping track of the SERP, keeping track of our competitors coming to your turf, your partners coming to your turf, how are they portraying you? And then in parallel, how are they doing? What are best practices that they're using and really using some performance insights to stay on top will be really important, I feel, in the days ahead. No question. Absolutely. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Voice of Search podcast. Thanks to Prashana Dungel, co-founder and managing partner at Grow by Data for joining us. In part two of this interview, which will be published tomorrow, Prashana and I are going to discuss combining Google search changes and competitive intelligence to boost sales. If you can't wait until our next episode and would like to learn more about Prashana, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is PD277 or visit his company website, growbydata.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. 
That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T.